You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, man, what a great morning. Amen? It is a beautiful morning. Beautiful day out today. Absolutely. I'm going to get a drink here. All right. Well, I want to talk about something today that is going to going to sound like a pep talk, possibly. It might even sound a little Joel Olsteinish. Uh, so don't, don't throw rocks at me, okay? You know, I don't know why Joel's get such a bad rap because all the guy does is, is bring joy and bring truth. And, you know, it is called, this right here, the Bible is called the good news. So... <laughs> I just want to remind you of that. The Bible is the good news, and there is a balance to everything that we do. And uh, sometimes it's hard to find that balance, but, uh, you know, as long as we keep our ear to him and to the Holy Spirit, we will find balance. Amen? Amen. I want to open up with this verse and just kind of bring some attention to it because I think it's, it's the hour that we are in. Isaiah 43, verse 19 It's a familiar verse to many of you. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Amen? Amen. Um, You know, there's kind of a disturbing trend that's happening right now, and I'm sure all of us have been seeing it because of all the the chaos that's been going on within the political world and with all the stuff with our health and COVID and all these other things, there's so many distractions. And I was reading this morning, and the Lord just kind of brought me to this verse, and I'm trying to tie it into what I'm talking about today because I think it's really uh, relevant for where we're at. But Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. And guys, I, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing God's people not knowing who they are, being shut, being shut down, losing their voice, losing their identity because they don't know him like they used to know him. And when I, what I say, what, what I mean by that, it's not you've lost your salvation or other people have lost their salvation. It's because they're allowing distractions and other voices to fill that void of faith with fear. And when you allow fear to dictate to you what you're going to do in your life rather than God's faith, it's always going to be a dead-end street. A dead-end street. And... When we look at this verse in Isaiah 43, 19, he says, For I am doing something new. We have got to focus on what he is doing. He says, I'm doing something new. And he says, see, like, see, I've already begun. And do you not see? I am going to make a pathway through the wilderness and will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Let me tell you something. Those rivers that he is going to create in a dry wasteland, those rivers are each one of us in this room tonight. Each one of us is a river, is an extension of his kingdom. And when we are operating on a level where we really are hearing him and we're being led by his voice and we're spending time with him, we're going to be able to shut out all the distractions and be exactly what he called us to be. He's called us to be that city on top of a hill. 
to be a, a supply of his goodness in the midst of destruction and despair. So I want to encourage you this morning. We, we've got to go to this place. We've got to get to a place where his voice is the loudest voice we're hearing. Not the voice of the world. Not the political voice. But his voice. Uh, probably about a week ago, um, right before we had the fellowship, uh, how many of you guys fixed dishes last Sunday? Listen, I don't know how many people I heard tell us, man, we got to come to this church more often. Y'all's food is great. So, hey, congratulations for all the dishes you guys cook because it absolutely just, y'all crushed it. You crushed it. Crushed mine. Y'all were making quiches, and I just made scrambled eggs with ham bits in it, you know? And I thought I was doing something special. But uh, I, I went through... Uh, three cartons of 24 eggs and scrambled them all up. And when I was going through these cartons of eggs, I actually had one egg out of the three cartons of 24 that when I cracked it open, it had a double yolk. Which, you know, it's not a big deal. It's like, oh, a double yolk. I hadn't seen one of those in probably a long time, if ever. And I'm just like, oh, that, that's interesting. But I, I didn't really dwell on it, you know. And so we came to church. And we did our thing, and everybody connected and fellowshiped and everything. That night I went to bed, and I woke up like in the early morning, you know, in the early, early morning. And I really felt like the Lord just said to me, he said, go look and see what time it is. And now when we say that, we, we used to keep an alarm clock, the digital alarm clock in our room, but we got rid of that a long time ago. So now we've got our phones. So my phone's in the bathroom. So I get up, I go into the bathroom, and I look at the time, and the time is 2.24, 2.24. Then I heard the Lord say, okay, go to Daniel and look up Daniel 2.24. I went to Daniel, I read in 2.24, and basically Daniel is going to some of the wise men in his area, and he's going to go interpret dreams that they've had. And it says, I will go to them, and I will interpret the dream for them. And so I thought that was interesting. It's like, okay, 224, you sent me to Daniel 224, and you're telling me you're going to interpret, or you're going to tell me why you woke me up, why, this, why I'm having a dream, or why I'm having, you know, I had all this food this morning, and now I can't sleep, you know. And, but but I, I remember 224. And then he said, you remember yesterday morning when you were cooking breakfast, you had a double yolk egg. And I said, yeah. And he said, two, two, four. What does two and two add up to? I said, four. Boy, I'm a genius, aren't I? Um, well, you know, at, at 2.24 in the morning, I mean, it takes a lot for me to kind of figure out what's going on. And so I said, two, two plus two is four. And he said, that's right. He said, I'm getting ready to pour out a double portion on my church. And he said, it's there for anybody who wants it. And, uh, you know, what I want to talk about a little bit this morning is what God has for you and I in our future. We can't accomplish it on our own. Uh, there are going to be places that God wants to take us. And you can't get there by yourself. You can't, you can't get there by yourself. And there's going to be obstacles that look too big. There are going to be dreams that seem impossible. But the good news is... God has put something on your life, he's put it on my life, that gives us an advantage. Something that will open doors that you can't. And um, that double portion that he was speaking to me about is called favor. 
And when we get into this thing about favor, you know, it, it, it can turn into something where it just sounds really kind of uh, generic or it seems really uh, carnal or whatever. But, you know, there are two types of favor. There's a natural favor, which is the which is what you carry. There's a gift inside of you. There's the thing that you do that's really special that people see in your life. It typically gets highlighted all the time. Say you're a great gatherer. Well, that's probably where you have the most favor in your life is that you're great at gathering people. Or say you're good at making presentations or whatever. That's, that's a favor that attracts people to you, and it'll actually, actually create opportunities for you. But then there's supernatural favor. And supernatural favor, which is God's favor, is it's his favor will take you from the back all the way to the front, okay? It'll take you from the background to the foreground, from the bottom to the very top. It'll take you places that there is no way that you can take credit in things that you, and you're receiving things that you don't deserve. Can everybody say amen? And, uh, you know, you weren't next in line for promotion, but hey, on paper, it didn't make sense, but hey, the loan went through. Not only did the loan go through, but there was added benefits to it. That's, that's called favor. That's things that you cannot produce on your own. You know, that person who was against you for some reason is now for you. How many have ever had that happen in your life? There's, there's people that have been against you, and you needed God to turn it around. Amen? Amen. Um, you know, and, and I know this personally because I, I have conversations with many of you, but I just want to say this, Don and Barry, that person that's been against you is going to be for you. Okay? So just get ready. And you start making that declaration and start expecting to see it happen because it is going to happen. It's going to happen because God is there and his favor is, is on you. Amen. And, and listen, his favor is on every single one of us in this room. You know, why such great favor? Is it wrong to expect favor? You know, I hear people sometimes, you know, they, they get into this debate. You know, they, they go to this place where I'm, you know, it's kind of a churchy thing. But, you know, we, we think that it's really uh, humble to say I'm just a sinner who's been saved by grace and I'm nothing, and I don't really deserve anything, and God, if you can bless me, just bless me. I mean, how many of you have maybe said that or even know people that say that? You've heard it, and nobody's raising their hand. Come on, guys. Come on. Don't make me look dumb, okay? Um, we've all heard that, and you know, there, there's, a, there's a difference between humility and stupidity, and, and let me just say this. God does not expect you to walk in a place of humility by degrading yourself, because he paid a really heavy price for you. He did. And we should expect that God is going to do something in our lives. We should expect that he is going to bless us. We should expect that his favor is going to be there over our lives. Amen? And that's, that's not just positive thinking. That's just not, you know, that, that's the truth. You know, when we look at um, Romans 5.17, this verse really sums it up. Romans 5, 17. For if one man's offense, death reigned by one, which is talking about Adam, came into the garden, there was no sin, he committed a sin, and, and guess what happened? Sin entered in and death came in with it. It said, if one man, death offense, uh, reigned by one, much more which receive abundance of grace 
and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me break this down a little bit for you because I, I think sometimes we, including myself, we blow over Scripture so fast sometimes that we don't let it sink in. Amen? Sorry. You know, I, I think I've, re, I've heard pastors and preachers in the past and maybe even Bill said this a couple times that, you know, Sometimes the best thing we can do with Scripture is take one verse and just meditate on it all week long. Because there's so many different facets of God's truth and His glory in one sentence. Amen? And I think it's important that we slow down and we look at things and we, we break it apart and see the gold in everything that that verse is trying to say to us. So we're going to look at this verse and it says, For by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more... They which receive abundance, what does the word abundance mean? It means plenty, plenty of a large quantity, plenty of grace. What is grace? Grace is God's unconditional love, and grace is God's unmerited favor. That's what grace is. It's, you can't work for it. You can't earn it. It's unmerited. There's nothing you can do to receive God's favor because it is, there's, there's no price tag you can put on it. There's not so much that you can do or work for it. You know, uh, we all get caught up in being human doings instead of human beings, you know? And we think that by doing and working that we're gonna impress God. And we can't. We just, we can't do that. So anyway, there's an abundance of grace, unmerited favor. And then we step into this place of the gift of righteousness because the gift of righteousness is standing in a place of right standing with God. That's what righteousness is. It's standing in a place of being right with God. That gets given to us, not by anything that we've done, but by what he did. And he gives it to us in our lives. So therefore, we are partnering with the gift that he paid for. And he gives it to us un, with unlimited resources. He gives it to us with unlimited amounts of grace and love and favor. Amen? You know, you can work hard and be faithful and be diligent. And listen, that's all important. But you know what? That can only take us to a certain level. It can only take us to a certain level. You know, uh, we will go as far as our education, as far as our background will allow us. But when God breathes on you and breathes his favor on you, things are going to start happening. Things will happen that couldn't happen on your own. You know, I've heard it said that, you know, one touch of favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor. And I, I think that's true. I think it's really true. And I, I want to share a little bit of a testimony. My father-in-law, my wife's Dad, Donnie Colley. Donnie, if you're watching this, I will try not to do you a disservice this morning. So, uh, my father-in-law, he, he grew up in a really difficult time uh, of his life. He, he, he didn't have a lot of formal education. Uh, he didn't have a great background. But the one thing he did have was he had the ability to work hard. And he went to work for a company at a very, very early age. And he worked hard, uh, probably as hard as anybody else at that company, and um, worked, you know, worked long hours, did exactly what the bosses wanted him to do, put in extra hours, uh, put in an extra effort. And 
he continued to be promoted and promoted and promoted. Now, the thing in this company is this company started out with maybe about 10 or 12 people. That's it. This was in Texas, in Fort Worth, Texas. And during that time, it was a very, very small company. Well, over the years, that company began to grow. And as that company grew, his responsibilities grew. Now, the fact that he continued to rise in his, his status and be promoted was because he was working hard. But every, there were other people that were working just as hard as he was. The difference for him was he had a covenant with God. And because he had a covenant with God and he understood how to tap into the grace of that covenant, he had an advantage. And, and I hate to say it, it's almost an unfair advantage. Okay? And, but you know what? That's okay. Because God wants you to have an advantage. Well, he retired five years ago, six years ago, maybe 10 years ago. I can't remember, five, six years ago. We went to the retirement uh, party. It was in Fort Worth, Texas. He retired after 41 years at that company. He retired as the vice president of that company. That company, five years later, was sold and was bought by Warren Buffett. Anybody know who Warren Buffett is? That company sold for hundreds of millions of dollars. God took him, not just because of his faithfulness, but because he understood God's unmerited grace. He understood that favor was something that was on his life that would take him before the people he needed to be to see him advance and to see him succeed. And I think that's, that's amazing. You know, there's one definition of, of favor is to, one definition of favor is to endorse or to bring to prominence, to give notoriety. Listen, what I want to say to you this morning that the creator of the universe, he's endorsed every single one of you in here. We have got to start understanding, we've read this verse in Isaiah, that God is doing something different. He's not doing the same thing he's always done. He's doing something different. And you have got to train. You and I both have got to train. And I think the other morning when he woke me up at 224, 224 a.m. in the morning was another way that he was showing me, I'm going to start teaching you how to hear me on a different level. Because I'm not one of these guys that have dreams. Okay, I don't have dreams. I don't, I just, you know, I just don't have, I have weird stuff, you know. But nothing that I wake up and I, have, I remember exactly what it was. Or I'm having a dialogue with God. I mean, I want to sound like I'm more spiritual than I am, but I wish I did, but I don't. So I, what I'm telling you is if there's hope for me, there's hope for you. And I think this is where God has got us. He has got us in a place where he is doing something different. And he said, see, can't you see that I'm doing something different? Can't you see that I'm doing something new? I'm not doing what I've always done. I'm doing something new. You need to hear it. You need to be on track with it. You need to, be, you need to see me as I move in that direction so that you can move with me. Listen, if the church is going to be powerful in these last days, and believe me, I do believe we're in the last days. I do. Now, I'm not going to, this is not scare theology, any of that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying, we are seeing so many things accelerated. But just because of that, I think God's grace and his power and his gifting is accelerating even faster. And we've got to hear what he's doing. We've got to see what he is doing. Yeah. You know, again, opportunities are coming that you didn't see coming. And, you know, here's the deal. When you step into a place of 
what it is that you didn't see coming and God blesses you and he puts favor over your life, you can't take credit for it. You just can't take credit for it because God's so good. You know, it's, it's one of these things where, you know, uh, you weren't ever capable of doing it. You know, here's, here's grace. Grace simply means his ability to do something for you that you weren't capable, capable of doing on your own. That's grace's power in your life. He did something for you that you were not capable of doing on your own. Why should you not it, why should you not benefit from that? If you're not benefiting from it, then your identity needs to change. Because with unmerited grace and unmerited favor, there's going to come benefits. You know, it's like me having a Costco membership. You know, if if I bought a Costco membership and I didn't know that Costco sold gas, I would not be benefiting from the 20 to 25 cent cheaper gas that Costco offers because I'm a member, amen? How many of you would rather buy gas at Costco 20, 25 cents cheaper? Come on, everybody, come on. You guys gotta wake up this morning. Sorry, I got a drink. You know, God told Noah to build an ark, but guess what? Noah was not a builder. That's a problem. <laughs> uh, it, it seemed impossible, but with God, he never will ask you to, to do something, okay? He'll never ask you to do something and not give you the grace to do it, period. If you're doing something right now and you don't have any grace to be doing it, it might be because God didn't ask you to do it. And I tell you, I've experienced this. I've done stuff on my own that I thought was a great idea, but it wasn't a God idea. Because when you have a God idea, there is a grace on it. To be able to, to go through the obstacles, to go through some of the, the tension, to go through some of the problems, there is a grace, and it's just like it's not a big deal. Because he's on it. He's on it. I don't ever, listen, as I get older, <laughs> I never want to do anything anymore without the grace of God that's on it. Because it's too hard. It's too hard to do something I want to do. Because there's no grace for it. And it will wear you out. Come on, somebody. It'll wear you out. You know, grace is God's idea. It wasn't my idea. You know, it, it, it was his idea. And, and favor that's attached to that grace was his idea. You know, Scott was talking a couple weeks ago about dreaming. And, you know, when we dream, to go after those dreams, you have to have faith. You already have the, th the favor, but are you going to talk yourself out of what God's called you to do? Are you going to talk yourself out of the dream that he's put in your heart? Because the dream isn't just for you. His favor is not just for you. It's for the people that are around you. That's what it's for. It's for you, but it's for them as well. Listen, it doesn't matter. It, you've got to have faith to do this. You can't make an excuse because... If you make the excuse, well, I don't have the resources, or I don't know the people, or I don't have the talent, I'm not smart enough. You can sit there and you can say that all day long, but that's okay because guess what? God has something that makes up for all that. It's called his favor. It's called he's put his, his stamp of approval on your life. And he says, I want you to just trust me, and I want you to have faith that what I'm doing is going to be done in your life. Listen, you reign with Christ who has never known defeat. You are partnering with somebody who has never known defeat. 
It's like I'm hanging out with Evander Holyfield, who's never lost, a, you know, he, he didn't hardly lose any boxing match. Guy's tough, or Mike Tyson, or some of these guys. Listen, I'm hanging out with a champion. I'd much rather hang out with a champion than somebody that gets his tail whooped all the time, you know? Gets beat up all the time. You are hanging out with a, with a champion. There are no excuses for us because Christ has never known defeat. And when we partner with him, we are victorious no matter what. You know, when we dream with God, he gives us all his resources. And all he requires from us is faith again and trust. You know, I remember when Terry and I started this church, you know, I was one of those guys I got up and I basically said, when God said, I want you to start this church, I said, I don't have the talent. I don't have the ability. And you know what God said? Yeah, but you've got a word from me. I said, you don't, I said, I don't have the resources. I don't have a building. I don't have this. I don't have, he goes, I've got it. And guess what? He did. He had all the resources. I said, I don't know the right people. He said, I got you covered. I know the right people. Listen. God will send the right people into your life because favor will attract those people. Not just any people, but the right people. And you know, there's seasons sometimes for that. There's people, and there's things for me, it's hard for me sometimes to let go of seasonal relationships. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I tell you it's a healthy thing? It's a healthy thing. God brings people into our lives that take us to the next level that are there for us just for that season. And then they go to their next assignment. And I used to take it so personally with people when they would have another assignment or they would leave out of my environment and it would just crush me because I'm like, is there something wrong with me? Do you not like me? Did I do something to hurt your feelings? Or was I a bad friend? Or, you know, it would just crush me. And then I just realized, hey, this is a part of how God sends the right people into your life. And sometimes we, ex we overextend those things and we prolong those things. And when we prolong those things and God's grace is not on it, that's when the friction starts happening. And that's when the grace lifts and that's when we create problems. Everybody say amen, come on. Amen or oh me, it's true, come on. It's, it's true. Again, you may not know the right people and you may not have the resources, but don't worry, God has all of it. And God will attract the right people into your life because he loves you and because he wants to see you blessed and he wants to see the people around you blessed. Amen? You know, before we pop the champagne and pull out the caviar and say everything is just roses and it's all gonna be good because I got favor on my life, there's got to be balance, okay? And favor and success are a slippery slope because they come with responsibility. And, uh, you know, that's sometimes we don't want to hear that word, responsibility. Um, but it's sad to say if we don't recognize that, there are going to be tests that we're not going to pass. Uh, there's just not going to, we might have to retake that test. How many have ever had to retake a test over and over and over? Yeah, I, I, I was a horrible test taker. I mean, literally test taker. I was horrible at test taking, okay? And then in life, sometimes I didn't pass those tests either. And it's like I seemed like I just kept going up the mountain and getting knocked all the way back down again. And I, I think it wasn't until probably about 15 years ago that I finally just got tired of beating my head against the wall and said, okay, God, 
I'm done doing my thing and then putting your approval on it. Come on now. I'm not the only one telling the truth in here or lying or whatever. We've all been there and we've all done it. And, uh, you know, we have to be careful not to allow favor to make us arrogant and to make us feel entitled. Because there can be a level of entitlement that comes with being blessed. Amen. Uh, there can be a level of entitlement, entitlement that comes with being, you know, there is a difference between confidence, being confident, and being prideful. You can be confident and also walk in, in a ton of humility. And those are the kind of people I want to hang out with. Because it tells me they've learned something. It, turn, it tells me that they've allowed the experiences of, of their journey to teach them a thing or two. And, um, you know, because it's, 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 like, it's like we know we didn't do this all on our own. We know that God, when he puts his favor on our life, so, something that comes to pass in our life isn't just by chance. It's because he orchestrated it, he ordained it, and he made it happen. And we have to be able to recognize that. You know, Ephesians 2.8 says, it's, for, it's for, for by grace you have been saved through faith. <laughs> this blows me away. And not by your own doing. It is a gift of God. Do you know you did not get saved by your own doing? God gave you a gift of faith. He gave you a measure of faith or you wouldn't have even been able to believe in him. Do you know that? He gave you, every, God, everything is just attached to God's goodness and his grace. Because he said, you couldn't do done it on your own. It's a gift of God. Proverbs 16, 19 says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I'll say that again. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know, James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to what? To the humble. That's right. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 90, 17, he said, let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. The question I'm, I'm going to ask is who is establishing or, or, or guiding the works of our hands? Is it him or is it us? Because if it's him, it says that the favor of the Lord is going to be attached to that. You know, I, I love when, um, you know, when we decide to get out of the way and we just ask God, hey, God, you just do whatever you want to do. When we decide to get out of the way and allow God to direct our steps, it is amazing the favor and the whole new level that we come up to. You know, uh, when Jesus looked at Peter and uh, he said, Peter, you know, who do men say I am? And Peter says, you're the, some say this, some say you're Elijah the prophet, some say, you know, this, this, this. You know, he said, but I, he said, but who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the, you are the Christ. You are Lord. You are God. And then Jesus said, on this rock, I shall build my church. Jesus recognized that he could put his favor on Peter because Peter was selling out to him. 
and selling out to the vision and selling out and believing and trusting him. And when we take the favor that God's given us and we, he puts it in our hands and he knows that he can trust it, the blessing that comes is absolutely incredible. And the reward we will see will be absolutely, well, it'll just blow our mind. And the momentum that it'll carry will be greater than anything we could have done in our own strength. Amen? You know, again, with power or with favor comes great responsibility. Everybody's seen Spider-Man. When Peter, uh, when Peter Parker's grandfather is telling him, well, it's not his grandfather, it was his uncle. What was his name? Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. You know, Peter, with great power comes great responsibility. And uh, it's true. With great favor comes great responsibility. It really does. It comes, and, and I want to talk to you a little bit and kind of share a little bit of a story and give you an insight on this. You know, we see this in the life of Joseph. Joseph was highly, highly favored by his dad over all his other brothers. And it's, it basically said that Jacob loved, uh, loved Joseph because he was the, more than his other brothers because he was the child of his old age. But he even sealed that deal even more by, and consecrated that deal even more by giving him this beautiful robe that absolutely was astonishing. You know, we all, in Sunday school, we used to call that the coat of many colors, you know. And uh, I don't know what, what color it was. I don't, you know. They, I, I don't know if they assumed that it was many colors. I don't know. Oh, it does say it in the Bible. Oh, my gosh. It, what's it say? It says what? Multicolored? I must have been reading a different version. I saw a robe. I, I haven't been to Sunday school in a while, guys. It's been a long time. I think, I think I'll stop now, okay? Anyway, his dad gave him a beautiful robe. And, uh, hey, look, I never, I never, I never claimed that I was a, a scholar, okay? Or a, uh, Terry says, keep going, okay. All right, well, we know that around the 17 years, I know this is true, okay, because I read it. We know the Bible says around 17 years of age, Joseph had a couple of dreams that would forever change his life, right? You remember those dreams? And I, I'm not going to unpack the dreams because that's not the point I'm trying to make. But he had, he had two dreams, okay? And, you know, John Wayne was quoted saying, everybody know who John Wayne is, the Duke? John Wayne said, uh, life is hard, but it's harder when you're stupid. <laughs> I get a kick out of that every time. Life's hard, but it's harder when you're stupid. It's true. It's true. You know, and uh, how many of you guys remember being 17? Anybody? I mean, it's been a long time. But how many of you have raised a 17-year-old? Okay, how many of you in the middle of raising a 17-year-old? Oh, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. You know, uh, it's quite a challenge, okay? It really is quite a challenge. Joseph would learn that pride is the greatest enemy to favor and um, that humility and self-awareness brings the right focus to whom the credit is due. And, um, you know, I'm going to say this. It doesn't say this anywhere in the Bible. I'm just, this is kind of how I think when I look at people. I, I, 
you had to think that Joseph, okay, doesn't say it in here, but you had to say it that Joseph had a little bit of entitlement. I mean, he's got brothers, for crying out loud. And don't you know, he's hanging out with his brothers, and his brothers are horsing around, probably not doing what their dad's told them to do, and he's over there, and he's ratting on them. Hey, if you don't get to work and you don't start doing this, I'm going to tell dad. Or they go to beat him up, I'm going to tell dad. Or they start saying something that he doesn't like, and he looks at him and says, hey, you know I'm dad's favorite, okay? So there's a, I, you know it had to happen. I mean, this guy had 11 brothers, okay? And uh, he's got the favored robe, the coat of many colors, the robe of many colors. He's been, he's, he's been told he's the favorite child. You know he had to just tweak his brothers bad, okay? I, I'm not condoning his brothers, mind you. I'm just telling you there's something about when you have a spirit of entitlement on you versus having, having humility and being humble about what you carry and who you are. It changes the atmosphere. It totally changes the atmosphere, just like it changes the atmosphere when you're not humble and you're arrogant. It makes people want to beat you up. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Come on, come on, tell the truth. So, you know, Joseph unwisely told these dreams to his brothers, and this drove his brothers to a point of hatred and absolute jealousy. And Joseph took for granted that favor that was over his life, and whether you want to call it stupidity, stupidity or pride, he, again, he became entitled. And Joseph's, Joseph's brothers uh, ended up throwing him into a pit and selling him into slavery. It had to be a horrible thing. He was taken into Egypt, and he was sold to an Egyptian officer named Potiphar. Everybody knows the story. We're going to bounce through some of this. Genesis 39.4 says, But God was with Joseph, and he found favor in the sight of Potiphar, and attended him. And he made him overseer of his house, and put him in charge of all he had. And everybody lived happily ever ever after. End of story. Nope. That's not what happened. I bet Joseph would have liked for it to have been the end of the story. Because he'd already gone through so much to get to where he was right then. But guess what happened? Joseph was falsely accused. We all know this. He was accused of a crime that he did not commit. And then he was put into, into prison. Genesis 39, 21 said, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him, here's that word again, favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And before long, the warden put Joseph in charge. This isn't scripture, I'm just saying this. Before long, the warden put Joseph, um, he put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. Why? Because favor. And obviously, Joseph was starting to learn how to be humble. Uh, he was learning some things as he was growing and as he, as he was getting older. You know, in Acts 7.10, right before Stephen uh, was stoned, he gives a recount. He, he, he counts a, a recount of, of the life of Joseph, and he states, God rescued him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt who made him ruler over Egypt and over his whole entire household. Isn't that amazing? 
Why? Because of the favor of God. Listen, Joseph had favor in everything he did. You can't keep a favored man or a favored woman down for long. If you do, it's probably self-inflicted. And I can attest to that. I, I know when I've self-destructed some things and self-inflicted some things, it wasn't because God was trying to teach me a lesson. It's because I was not hearing. I was not seeing what he was doing. And when you get in that place where you can't hear and you can't see, you're going to make some bad decisions. And they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna mess up your path. They're going to mess up the direction that you're going. And you, you can't blame God. We can't say, oh, it's the devil, you know, uh, higher levels, bigger devil. Who ever heard? Have you all heard that before? Higher level. Listen, guys, that is such a churchy thing to say. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it is a churchy thing to say. Because let me tell you something. Think about this. Uh, higher levels, higher devils. If we, when you're talking about the military, who is the person in the military that is the most protected? The highest ranking officer is the one who's protected. And God, when we partner with him and we're in covenant with him, we are high ranking officers in his service. He is going to protect us no matter what happens. And we've just got to, we've got to understand that when something goes wrong or something goes bad, our automatic uh, default can't be, well, it's because, because uh, you know, because I've done something totally wrong or because I'm a bad person or it's just because the devil's after, the, listen, the devil's after everybody. I mean, come on, he really is. So I don't know why I got off on that, but anyway, I don't know, I just, I got tweaked or something, but um you know, listen, we all have obstacles, okay? We all have situations that are unfair, but that doesn't mean that you don't have favor, period. It doesn't mean that you don't have favor. You do have favor. Challenges are going to come to every single one of us, but favor is why you're not going to stay down as long as you learn and you hear and you see and you listen. And uh, Joseph spent 13 years, good Lord, 13 years being overlooked, mistreated, but never gave up. And he learned to walk in a place of integrity and character that would prepare him to be the leader and the ruler in, the, in every environment that he walked into. Every single environment he walked into, he brought that command with him. He brought it with him because he learned how to walk in a place of favor and how to steward that place of favor with Extreme levels of humility. Listen, don't give up. God's not done with you. And he can take heartache, disappointment, uh, you know, and in failure, any of that, and change it in just a matter of a moment or in days or, or hours. It can change just like that. I mean, it can, it, it just switch, just switch. Listen, don't give up. God's not done with you. And not only that, he's, he's, not only can he deliver you, but he can bring your dreams to pass and catapult you into a whole new level of your destiny and identity. Uh, Isaiah 49.6 is a type and shadow of the church. He says, he says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles and you will bring my salvation to the ends of 
the earth. Listen, God had a dream, and that dream was mankind and family. And God put his favor over mankind, and he said, the dreams that are over your life are for my purposes and for my purposes alone. Because when he puts a dream over your life and he puts favor on your life, it is to benefit the world. It's to take you, like I said in Isaiah, and make you to be a stream in a desert place. We're in a place today where we all need to understand that we need to see with not just human eyes, but with eyes of sons and daughters. We cannot look at what he's doing from a place of just being natural or from a place of thinking that we're orphaned or from a place of thinking that we have to perform. We have to look at him and look and see what he sees from a place of favor, from a place of promotion, from a place of I'm God's favorite. Just like there was nothing wrong with Joseph knowing that he was God's favorite. What was wrong was how he presented it. You know, if you walk around all the time, I'm God's favorite, you know. I'm God's favorite, you know. I mean, how old would that get? Come on. It'd get real old. I mean, I know you're God's favorite. I'm God's favorite too. But shut up, okay? <laughs> Go do something, you know. <laughs> Go do something. Listen, you may feel like you're in a pit today, all right? You may feel like you're in a pit. You may feel like you've been in that pit for a really long time. But I just want to encourage you, don't get discouraged. We all have pit stops along the way. We do. I mean, we don't want to admit that, but we do. And most of the time, we put ourselves there. You know what pit stands for? Profits in training. Now, I'm not saying that you've called, you're called to the office of profit. What I'm saying is, you are the prophet of your own life. And as you prophesy over your life, you're going to prophesy yourself into a hole or you're going to prophesy yourself out. Because that's the kind of authority that God's given you as a son and a daughter of the Most High. Amen? So, listen, I've learned the greater the opposition in my life, the greater the endorsement. And it's not anything I've done. It's not anything I could do or manufacture. It's just because of his grace and because of his love and his favor. Every one of us in here need to expect that we're going to have favor on our lives at unprecedented levels. Everybody say, I, got, I have God's favor. On unprecedented levels. You, my friends, can take that to the bank and trust and believe that God will move on your behalf.